You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. Hey, 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 welcome back. It's Black Guy Therapy. We're back in here. He don't even let me introduce him. He just he just jumps in there. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> we back. That was the introduction. No, nah, man. I was gonna bring you in and let everybody know who was in the in the in the room today. Okay, okay. Let's start this over. I'm gonna be quiet. Now we're here now. Yeah, we in this thing. That's Henry, everybody. That's Henry. Henry's here. Represent. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. And Joel is here. Yes, yeah, sir. See, that's Joel. You, you see how he introduces his, himself. The man, <laughs> the man, the man, the the man. I'll be here with you. No, 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 no. Uh huh. Well, then we got the guy behind the board. His yes, name sir. is Todd. The boss. He, he really don't do nothing though. I don't. I don't. Y'all make me look good. <laughs> I just sit over here and listen. But anyway, this is Black Guy Therapy again. We're a therapeutic podcast, and you we know why you're here. You're here to get some of that therapeutic um, ther- therapy, therapeutic therapy. That's that's a mouthful, right? I don't even know if you can really say that, but we're here for that. Um, Correct. Again, therapeutic podcast. We are black men, and we just talking about black issues that affect black men. And today ain't no different. We not we 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 got some seriousness that we, I guess we want to talk about and. I think I'm going to get to to pick the uh, topic today, and it's something that had been on my mind because it happens to me, and I know that it happens to every other black man in, in the country. Yeah. Uh, in some it, capacity. It, yeah, in some capacity. It may not be, my experience may not be everybody else's experience, right. but right. in some capacity it happens to them. But anyway, uh, that is that uneasy feeling that we get when we're, when we're <clears throat> around a bunch of white folks. In other words, uh, they have a, a, a name for it. It's called racial anxiety. And racial anxiety refers to the heightened level of stress and emotion that we confront when interacting with people of other races. Uh, so I know we've all been in a situation where we might have felt uncomfortable yeah. around people who didn't look like us. And that's what's on my mind today. What do you think about that? I actually like the topic, so um, I'm gonna point this out before we really get going into it. I've never experienced that feeling with any other culture outside of Europeans. So yes, which I and I don't know if if that's connection to the to the history or what. I would say I would I would I would say yes. That's that's probably where that where that stems from. It's, it's got to be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just still kind of weird, though, because genetically, I think it's genetically in us. And me personally, I don't feel a certain way. However, I can't say I can't tell another person how to feel. Right. Right. But so yeah. you've never had that experience being around any anybody else who doesn't look like you, who, who's not a brown skinned individual. You've never had any type of anxiety. Mm-mm. I can honestly say no. Or is if it has, it's been a, in a case I, I don't recall. But like I, I was always taught and raised if they if they not trying to kill you they can't hurt you. Okay, that's an interesting way to put it. I mean that's the only way. I mean what they gonna say a couple of words to me? I already know how they think about me. What they think of me? They probably think I'm no good, nothing, you know, yep. because of my skin complexion. So 
you know, long as the, long as the respect is there when I'm in the room, I'm fine. Now, what I what you say about me when I leave the room, that's on you. But you know, I, so I'm I'm gonna go a, a different route. Okay. Because that's the obvious is the obvious, and, and you're absolutely right there. Correct. You know. Yeah. If there's somebody who doesn't yeah. like you, you now say I, you say you driving down the street, somebody got the the truck with the Confederate flag. Yeah. You have a good indication of how they're probably looking at you. Yeah. I'm going to jump into a different conversation or a different dynamic where like at the at the job corporate america where you're in an office and predominantly the folks there are going to be white that's what i that's been my yeah that's been my experience correct now there's this is this weird thing so the 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 company i'm with now i remember i was talking to another guy looked like me and i was like man does it kind of feel like get out in here to you because it was almost like going out of their way to be nice and to be inviting and to be endearing to, and i was like this is it's, it's like it's almost too much was anybody stirring any tea in there <laughs> there might have been <laughs> I, I won't say no <laughs> but for sure it felt weird gotcha, gotcha. so I, I think it was for, like too much like hold on what are y'all up to yes what is like, the end game you trying to you why are you this nice to me because yeah. it's not in your dna to be this nice to me it doesn't seem like it should be yeah. because that's not again that's not but been then a consistent again, experience they could be genuine as well absolutely so we never know based on our history and when it's genuine and when it's a, a motive behind it. Right. And I think that's why this is such a great topic, because that's where the anxiety comes in. Are you being legit? Yeah. Or are you being phony? Gotcha. And that's what makes me gotcha. uncomfortable. It's not that the presence of non makes much more of sense. color. It's yeah. what is your intentions? What are your motives behind me? Why are you doing all of this? Or when things start happening against me. Is it, ah, uh, this is happening because this is what y'all do. Mm-hmm. We don't know. That's what makes me anxious. Right. So, like, you feel, I, I got you. is it almost, and and I guess I have this feeling when I'm at work sometimes where, let's say if you're, you're, new, you're new at a job, and if you're new at that job, there's, there's somebody there who's being nice to you, and they continue to be nice to you, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I need to. I need to trust this person right. or like right. I, I feel some type of way about you, but I, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. And it take a minute to figure it out. Yep. And, you know, even I mean, you even feel that way sometimes with people in your own culture. True. So, so true. it's funny that you say that. Okay. Because I was going to say, have you ever had that same feeling with your own race? Yeah. No doubt about it. Where where a person is being nice to you, but you your guard is down because they look like you. Yep. And then come to find out. They was getting me the whole time. They was, the knife was in your back. The whole time. So I'm about to, I'm about to hit y'all with this. Okay. So I grew up Inkster, Michigan. Inkster okay. Was right outside Detroit. Mm-hmm. Inkster tried its hardest to be Detroit. Gotcha. So horrible circumstances. Uh, resources weren't there. Opportunities weren't there. Education wasn't there. Classic bad neighborhood gotcha. scenario. Gotcha. And I grew up there. I was there till I was about 24. Okay. Uh, so I had a late start with everything. I went to college late, left the, left the city late, everything. So I moved here to Tennessee. I was in Franklin, where it's also predominantly white in a barbershop. And, you mm-hmm. know, the barbershop we go to is going to be predominantly us. Correct. And it was the first time where I had actually been immersed in, in my people, for real, for real, mm-hmm. in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was uncomfortable for a minute, like, dang, like, this is... This is the hood. I, I've kind of not not that where we were at was the hood, but it was the the, the establishment. The yeah, right. in yeah. Franklin. Yeah. Okay. 
So it's just like it was us. And, you know, right. we bring we bring the environment. Correct. We create it. So the, the environment at the moment was us that come from that environment. Mm-hmm. So I was uncomfortable for a minute. And when I left, I felt I was embarrassed. And I didn't want to tell anybody about that ever. This is the first time I'm actually ever saying this out loud. Gotcha. Okay. I was super uncomfortable with being around my people because I had been removed. removed and, you know, we've talked about this. Right. When we get together, we loud. You know yeah. what I mean? We yeah. the way we talk. Well, loud, if you're not we talk used to different. It. We yeah. we we talk with our hands. We yeah. we talk with movement. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's that's culture. Yes, yeah. and that's what scares the hell out of most people. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, but that's just culture. I mean, yep. I think culturally. Bernie Mac said it best on the Kings of Common. He said, "When you leave here, white people, you might hear a, a black person say the mother the word motherfucker thirty two times." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he broke it down, and that was just us. Yep. That's just how we talk. Yep. We use motherfucker as a, what he said, a noun. Term of endearment. Yeah. It's oh, several no. things. That's yeah. my motherfucker. Where that motherfucker at? Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's how we are. That's our race. That's how we talk. Yeah. And that's, and, wh- that's why I was so embarrassed because I'm like, this is what happens when you try to remove yourself. And it wasn't like I intentionally tried to remove myself. I just happened to move in with relatives that stayed in Franklin. They were in a nice part of town. Yeah. It was new to me too. Got you. But I've gotten so used to that. So when I went to this new barber shop, it, it caught me off guard. I wasn't Culture ready shop. for it. Yeah. Like, hey, whoa, was it off Columbia man. Avenue? Yeah. Uh, I know a barber shop. I used to go to that barber shop. It's uh it, the 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 main barber's Tony. Yeah, and he's well, from the city too. He, they, yeah. He, it would cuz it's right in well, the they built the, they tore down everything in front and built a police station there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to go over there. Yep. So it was it was just but, it, you know, in some parts of Franklin it's predominantly black. Absolutely. Shit, where? Like, Not no more. Oh, yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Which side? You got to drive, like, don't go to the front part. The front part of Franklin is high. You go on and start getting that backside, like you're going to go into Columbia and all in through there. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oak Street. See, I yeah. thought you was You'll talking see, about. You the, will see your people. I thought you was talking about the like, over there by Columbia Avenue, because that whole behind the, well, where the police station is now, before those That's were like trailers. Now, yeah. Yeah, and those were all like, black. And then that whole going. backside going down, to, uh, what's that highway? Uh, Natchez Trace. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that's all black folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to answer your question, yes, that has happened to me. Yeah. But I was so embarrassed by that. I was like, you know what? I did myself a disservice by not being around my people enough. Everything I was doing was was around these other folks. Yeah. And it had become too comfortable to be around these other folks. Didn't know what their intentions were, but but my people in the barbershop. They ain't had no bad intention for me. No, not at all. You know no. what I mean? They so, were just talking and expressing themselves. Yeah. yeah. That's how they talk. I felt, I, oh, man. Man, and, and Tiger just really made us feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> when your dog is in your studio area and he decides to fart and just, yeah, we, we need to, we really need to leave the whole room. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, crack the window. <laughs> <laughs> He's just wagging his tail, just wagging it all around. No, so, you know, I think that, that that's that's interesting you talking about that because I think it happens. I think now it happens to our younger, like younger kids, black kids or any kid of color. Cause you think about it, we've had our, our parents work so hard to, so we don't have to go through what they went through and they want to give us the best opportunities and all that. Correct. So, you know, I, the high school I was supposed to go to was here. Annie, I predominantly brown skin, yep. uh, all brown skin yeah, right, there. Right. 
Correct. <laughs> from all diasporas. Um, but I ended up in Franklin, right? So you got, you got, and then the first high school I went to was about, it, it seemed like it was about half and half. It was probably 60-40. But I lived in an all-black neighborhood. Right. Um, you know, there were white people around, but my neighborhood was predominantly black. Then having to go to a, a school that's predominantly white and then having to navigate that. Yeah. Because you, you you try not to feel uneasy. And I think in the beginning, you don't really feel it because you just, you're just you a kid being a kid. Right. It's not until you get a little bit older. It seems like each each year cause you start to, to see it more. Like I got a sister who's she's 13 now or about to be 13. If mm-hmm. she's not 13, I think she is 13. But she goes to um, a middle school in Williamson County that's predominantly white. And she's like one of seven or eight black kids oh, in the school. Man. But it's funny because even when she's around a bunch of people who look like her, it's almost like she's uncomfortable. Yeah. But she knows, like she knows these are my people. And, and she tries to interact, but the interactions that she's having are a little different. She comes off a little different yep. because she ain't been in that environment. She's been in this environment over here. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. It, that, I think there's right there that shows that anxiety that we get. Oh, yeah. And because sure. you, you want to fit in on both sides because your friends at school may be a different color than you, right. but you, you want to fit in with them. But you want to fit in with your other people over here, so who look like you, and you got this anxiety because you don't want to piss them off because you want to keep them happy. You don't want to piss these folks off. You want to keep them happy. Yeah. So you're you're walking this tight rope trying to figure out how to navigate. Yeah. So there's that anxiety right there, whether that whether you feel it or not, it's there. Yeah. And that's that's also a problem because the the country we live in is already so divided. So everything that can be done to divide us from one group or another is being done. Right. So trying to juggle who you are and discover who you are, especially how loose the country is now oh, yeah. where whatever you want to be man today, woman tomorrow, whatever it is that oh, you want to be, hmm. you can be it. Hmm. So how, how the heck do I discover who I really am? If this group doesn't accept me, but this group does, mm-hmm. but this group that doesn't accept me is where I come from. How mm-hmm. do I, how do I balance this and how do I just be a regular person? So now you got that internal struggle. So, I believe that there's all type of anxiety around race in general, and it stems from just correct. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> unfortunately, that's where it stems from, because that's the the I don't want to say the controlling party, but for lack of a better term, they kind of control the narrative, at least for the oh, information yeah. that's out there no doubt. and the as treatment of the, people. No doubt yeah, about as it. As far as the look, yeah, 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 and and I mean, there's nothing you can do about well. I mean, we we are doing something about it right now. Um, I mean, obviously, there's going to be more. The minority will be the majority in the what the next ten years. That's what I'm saying. So, um, I mean, you see this old system trying to keep itself in power, but it's going to change. Losing its grips. Oh, it, it's definitely losing its grips, and we see that in our political landscape again this is not a political podcast this is a therapeutic podcast for us and by us i mean black men so i don't like to talk about politics but i will say that you do see it in our political landscape with the gerrymandering when you look at how they're they're drawn up and they make no the districts make no sense but then when you look at those districts like oh well this is predominantly white yep Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so we have it oh we can we we can keep you up out of here if we want you to 
If we want to really keep you up out of here, we can keep you up out of here. That's what they say when they draw those up. Oh yeah. And then they go draw it up. Yeah, and they and they have the they have the A, they have the wherewithal mm-hmm. to, yeah. to do it. Mm-hmm. And they know how to do it and they've been doing it forever. Ever, yeah. So for us, we're we're forever? just now figuring it out. <laughs> we just now figuring out how it works. So yeah. it's like, okay, well now we gotta fix it and now it's too late to fix it because it's already Shit. took a hold. Those niggas are getting smart. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. So so let me pose a quick question. Have y'all ever, because when I was growing up, one of the things that I was always told was when you walk through a parking lot, when you're walking through a store, you're going to get this extra attention mm-hmm. in a parking lot. If a white woman is going to lock the door or hold her purse. And you heard it for so long, you knew it was a real thing. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I really started experiencing that as an adult that it resonated. Yeah. So I remember specifically one time I was here at Target mm-hmm. and I was walking in the parking lot and uh, this older, she was, she was beat down. She was just <laughs> ugly. I mean, it, there was no chance that I would want anything from this woman. Not it, in her mind. Not, it, not, not in, in her, her mind. mind. Right. Cause you're, you're, you're a low down dirty scum. Yeah. You, you're not, you don't amount to anything. Yeah. You probably came from a bad place. And you're probably on welfare. Yeah. welfare. They always yeah. say that. Yeah. Hey, Hold on. But it's more of them than us. That's what I was gonna say. Is it is it me or does it seem like more white people on welfare than black people? Statistically, Statistically, there are more um, white people on welfare than black people. Yeah, back to your story. I I just don't get that part. Yeah, it's interesting how they call it cognitive dissonance. But we can get to that another day. That's That's another topic. Another topic for another day. Uh, But yeah, so the lady she she made it a point to walk as close because you know you're in the aisles of a parking lot, so that you got cars backed in. She made it a point to walk as far over when she saw me mm-hmm. as she could, basically almost running in, go, dipping Hitting in the between car, the cars, yeah, to make sure she didn't get close and and put her purse, switch shoulders, put it up, and did it high and tight like a football. Anybody gonna take your purse, and, white and woman? I, and I, I got so mad because I was an adult and I, I could actually, in my mind, I, I could rationalize what was really going on, and all I could say was, "I don't want you." That's yeah. all I could say to her. I was like, "I don't want you." Yeah. And she just had the dumb look on her face yeah. because, you know, I'm sure she wasn't expecting to hear something like that. But yeah. I was like, oh, won't you? Yeah. And just walked into the store. But I was you so know mad. You should have said, ma'am, I probably have w- more than you. Why would I want that little five, twenty, thirty dollars in your purse? Yeah. I oh. work hard for mine. Yeah. I work hard to get where I'm at in life. You think I'm gonna risk that all for you? Yeah. But you, Who but you see, they, you? they don't, they, they didn't grow up like that. No, so they, they, they grow up. And, and, you know, I have, I have a friend who she, this, this person is white. She's female, white female, been around black people all her life, Mm -hmm. marries a white guy who's from small town USA and probably, probably can count all the the brown skin people on two hands and from where he's from. Gotcha. Um, you know, never really had to interact with somebody other than a white person. So this this girl, this white woman who's been around brown skinned people all her life because she's from like the Memphis area. Mm. So she knows how to interact with, uh, you know, she's probably even she dated a few black a few brothers. She understands the struggle. Yeah. But Mary's a, a white man who never, you know. But this guy is, is is racist. He tells, you know, tells her, don't you be talking to them in words, right? Yeah. Don't you, don't you, our child, our daughter, because they have a daughter, our daughter won't hang with them, won't talk to them outside of school. Like, 
So you think about that. You have. Does he, he know her past though? He doesn't. He doesn't. So now we do, but how, how he doesn't. Feel if he gets a, a anonymous email <laughs> or a text message say, "Hey, do you know your wife used to date black men?" Right. He'd probably freak out. But I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is we have it's like we have allies who don't who don't speak up mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like she she is an ally but she has set aside her allyism <laughs> for lack of a better word because oh i love this guy and i married him and i want to make him happy does and that I, make sense it, so now so now sense. i have this anxiety when i'm around her yeah because things that i used to say to her yeah, well, here's the thing. Things I used to say to her is, I don't know if I should say him anymore, if he's in close proximity, because she would get it, and he won't, and he's looking at her like, what the hell is going on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's another type of anxiety that I get right there. So so here's something to think about, and you probably already have. I would be willing to bet that in that scenario, she didn't date that dude because she loved him, or married that dude because she loved him. Her preference would have been more than likely to be with a man of color, but then what happens with her family? So the challenge, and this is why I said earlier, when I, when I preface with the way that this country is currently set up, it's so hard to really be who you want to be because there's so many factors weighed against you. So you called her an ally at one point, mm-hmm. but now the allyism is, is <laughs> on, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's on the shelf. On yeah. The sh- yeah. I got to put that up. So, so for me, when I think about that, I'm like, you know what? What would happen if she were to have dated or, or married a black man instead? It's just me kind of thinking outside mm-hmm. the box. What would happen? What would her life be like? Because I bet it would be miserable. Right. You know what I mean? Just because of what happens at, with her family. If it, there's probably somebody close to her if she goes that route. Because there's, we're talking about like, diametrically opposed from hating to loving right. or being an ally to, to going this route with somebody who hates what you were an ally to. Mm-hmm. That's weird. So that tells me there's someone else playing into that. Um, now let me, let me do this too. I want to ask this question in a, and I talk a lot about corporate America because that's, that's where I find myself right now Correct. in a corporate setting. When you realize the work that you're putting in, how much you're either making for the company or saving for the company, whatever it is, and how much you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. And you kind of start to realize, man, that kind of sucks. Then yeah. you look at the top. It, it never adds up. It never adds up. The math is never right. But right. then you look at, and, and we've talked about this before here on Black Guy Therapy, you look at the, the chain of command, the executive level on mm-hmm. down, mm-hmm. and there's rarely ever any representation for you. Dominoes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Dominoes. So it makes me it always makes me curious. And I brought the term cognitive dissonance up earlier because I've never heard a white person say this in, in a in, in my corporate dealings, in my career. I've never heard a white person say, man. We're not fair. We're very unjust. Mm-hmm. All these positions of authority and power, we they have, look like me. We have a machine already built. Mm hmm. Absolutely. We don't want to disturb this machine. Yep. yep. If we say something, somebody else may have to say something, somebody, and it's a trickle-down effect. Then the ones above the execs 
I'm like, hold on, wait a minute, what are you doing? You got two choices. You can shut up and get back to work, or you can get up out of here. They once 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 a white person says that, and they know it's unfair, they might feel like. But you know what? A lot of them don't think that it's unfair. A lot of them will will be like, "Well, I I never," and I've I've had to have conversations with 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 managers at at my uh, place of employment, and I've had to tell them like, "Hey, look, this I understand this is how you've done it, but this is not fair." And then they look and they're like, "Well, I didn't even think about that." Yes. And they tell you, they tell you that's that all a bold face lie. That's a bold face lie as far as a, as an executive say we never looked at the numbers and said this was unfair. They won't admit that they done said this. But you know what? I think there are some who honestly don't know because you got people you got people coming into jobs, percentage. but you got people coming into jobs from different places, correct, different correct. different backgrounds, correct. different cultures. And if they don't know, they don't know. Because if that's always been the cult, that's always been that company culture, then if nobody's ever said anything about it, it takes one to to step up, say something, and then the management to either acknowledge and know that there's a problem, or say, "I don't care what you say. If you don't like so it, go on take, about your let's business." Let's take in perspective at that certain level how long it takes for how long an individual is actually there at that level. Mm-hmm. Mostly CEOs. If, if they haven't been a CEO of another company already, they were groomed for the position within the company they were in. Right. So if they were a CEO at another company and transfer and go into another company, they already know the game. And if they're being groomed for the position, they see everything already how it operates. And being hip to the game. They're being right. hip to the game. So I get what you're saying. Like a small percentage may be in La La Land and be like, oh, I actually didn't know. I, I never took the time to think about that. But I will say majority of the of the people in that position, they know. But they know. Cause to the ones who don't know. Let's take it let, let's look at this. How does how does Walmart or a company like Walmart or any big company that still pays an individual minimum wage and still operate in this space in this day and age of technology when Amazon is killing everything? How does how do they still operate and don't know that it's not fair? The cost of living goes up. I looked at the other day, Tennessee is like, it's the cost of living in Tennessee now, or in Nashville alone, is higher than Atlanta, Dallas, and it was a couple more a uh, couple more cities. A couple major cities. Yeah, yeah. major yeah. cities. It's, I'm like, it's, okay. it's on the top. Yeah. But you still have jobs here in Nashville that offer minimum wage. Minimum wage is what, seven? No, nah, boss, it's, it's uh, it may still be like 575. Okay, that's even worse. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> something. So you you know you bring up an interesting point because I'm as I'm thinking about this now, it's a numbers game with those CEOs. They know the they know the red and black. That's all that matters to them. But no, it's seven twenty five. I'm sorry, it has went up. But here, here's something that's interesting. So in my previous organization I was with before I, my company currently. A part of what I was doing was establishing, I, I was trying to build out this program where, because there were multiple business units. So mm-hmm. I was trying to create this system that would break down the silos where everybody could interact and have transparency into what was going on throughout the entire organization. Correct. Part of that, I got demographics from our HR group. Mm-hmm. And we learned that the majority of the people that worked at the company had been there for like less than three years. Mm-hmm. The majority. Mm-hmm. Have been there less than three years and we're all in that millennial age group. 
but then we also saw that the amount of black people was like like four percent mm-hmm. the amount of women was like twenty percent twenty two percent something like that and one of the people that I presented this to was our CFO at the time and when he saw it I wasn't even trying to pre- that wasn't even my argument I wasn't trying to pre- play you know make that a case that wasn't yeah. what I was trying to do at the time I already knew what the deal was so hold on hold on let me put a pen in right there I'm gonna let you get back to the story so they they gave you they gave y'all information that had everything broken down everything so how they don't know I'll tell you how. Okay, okay. Because it doesn't matter to them. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. You, you know, saying. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, that's yeah. why he didn't know. Yeah. Because what he was working on, that didn't matter. Those numbers, that didn't matter. So when he saw him, he was like, wow. It was a whole different world for him. Yeah, like, he was like, Shit. man, we're we're not really diverse at all. Yeah. We need to do better. Mm-hmm. Now, he's just a CFO, so he's over the money. Yeah. He ain't got nothing to do with HR or being the CEO of and the, the entire world. the moment he goes said something because if he didn't know somebody knew. some i can tell you that the C, the hr executive mm-hmm. he knew for sure so he knew he knew and, and he's he over that and he was like so the cfo was like okay we get the he get the numbers for the money i can see how that he possibly couldn't know mm-hmm. because his his numbers red and black that's yep. all he's in as long as he in the black and not in he the red good. my job is secure I'm, doing, I'm i'm doing what i need to do so I can see that, but HR that has those specific demographic the, the breakdowns, yes, sir. That's a problem. So again, going back to the original topic here, the anxiety that I feel when I deal with white people is based on things like that. Mm-hmm. They know what's going on, and you turn a blind eye to it. Even the allies that know what's going on. I left the last church me and my wife and family went to. We stopped attending that church. Because there were too many times where comments were made along the lines of, man, yeah, there's some stuff going on, but that doesn't happen here. Not at this church. That w- we don't have any people like that. But I literally had to have conversations one-on-one mm-hmm. correcting people about their perspective on people of color and what was going on. Specifically around that time, we're talking about Kaepernick and what was going on in the NFL. And one of the words that was used in a classroom setting was those prima donnas. And I was infuriated, but again, it let me know. And these are, you talk about an ally, you're supposed yeah. to be a Christian. You're supposed to love everybody. Regardless, there is no better allies, reg- or, regardless, supposedly. Regardless of what that individual believes in, you're supposed to love them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it, it let me know that, okay, even you as an ally who claims to love me, who claims to love God and claims to be this as, a, as your character. biggest hypocrites absolutely. On, the, on the face of the earth. But it, but again, it put into perspective yeah. this point right here. Yeah. When I'm around, <laughs> when I'm around, I'm always wondering: Are you being real or mm. are you being fake? Yeah. And I'll, there's no way I will ever know this unless you actually do something. Yeah. So that means because they'll never admit it and they'll never tell you. The entire no. relationship is always going to be on the fence with me. We're never really going to be friends for real because I don't know. I can't trust you. I I can't trust you. I really and honestly truly can't trust you. Yeah, so this this yeah, is that I mean, yeah, so I, I guess I can say now that we broke it down to that level, I can say probably yeah, I, I probably felt some type of racial anxiety since we've dive deep into it just being around them no but yeah. as far as trustworthy trusting them 
Because I mean, being around them, having that, it, there's that anxiety yeah, right there. But yeah, yeah. So my supervisor now is is a white guy, and I'm older than him, and I give him advice on things in life that I've went through. But can I really disclose everything I've went through, or really disclose what he should do in certain situations? No, I can't really trust him. I can't because at a drop of a dime, I always feel you're gonna look at it as either you or me. Yeah. Right. Dime you out first. Yeah, you gotta go first before I go. So no, I can't. I I I can say now that we've broken down into it and see that's why it's black guy therapy. Right. We are we are breaking we are breaking those walls down. Yeah. Yes, sir. Lay, this is like an onion, layer by layer. We we are a very uh diverse and unique people. And and again, you know, being black men, we don't talk about these things. Right. And a lot of times that we just put it on the back burner or whatever, whatever, I don't see it. And we make we force ourselves not to see it. Mm-hmm. But then when we sit on this one on one setting like this and we're forced to think about it, it's like, oh well damn, yeah, I, I have felt that. Yeah. And see, that's why we have black guy therapy. I love it. Right there. I love it. And and again, I know I, I told that story earlier that I had never told me. I think I might have told my wife that story, but just to be able to say that, feel comfortable enough to say that, this is this is why the the word therapy is so important in the in the title of the podcast, because when people go to therapy, they're trying to, as you say, get through the layers of the onion yep. to get to the root of the problem. Yep. And one of the roots of my problem for so long was I felt like. I did have an inferiority complex. So that caused anxiety in itself. Like everything that you see that's supposed to be good and successful and perfect and and handsome and all this other stuff is white. Is that (laughs) specifically based on the media? Right. So I remember one time being young and and saying to, to my mom, I think it was, or my brother, I can't remember which one, but I said, man, I wish I was white. Mm. I had to be like seven. Mm. Seven, eight years old. So hold on. At seven years old, you had an impression in your mind that it was better to be white than who you actually were. Yeah. And think about it, as a seven year old, you wow. you see the you see the world as what it is. You, yeah. th- there are no you don't have any biases yet. You haven't been taught much. Right. So what you see if is you what s- you believe is, is what you outside. believe. So yeah. if you see that, hey, these white people are being treated better than me, mm-hmm. then that's what I want to be. Yep. Right. And I, and 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 again, this black guy therapy. I'm not I'm not bashing white. We're not here to bash yeah, white people. No benefit in that. We're just we're just saying how we feel and what's right. actually been the experience and what's been our experience. And and I got a question on that. So at seven years old, that that was the impression in your head. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was more from what you were being taught at school than can, actually what you were your your outside circumstances were your 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 living environment? I can tell you exactly where it came from. See, we were a huge, we, we didn't have much, but the one thing that we, we did have was like Blockbuster. We could rent movies. So every movie Had that we saw, kid in it. that's it. It was every, white every kids. Every white kid you've seen was happy. And, and even like the, the movies that was cool. And rich. Think about like he, <laughs> He-Man back in the day. White guy. Wasn't no black people in there. G.I. Joe. All of them. So like, that's what I saw. A black guy, but he, was, he wasn't the main character. He, wasn't the he main was a guy. robber. Yeah. Thief, burglar, some those that we had. Yeah, all of them yellow. All of them yellow, but they gave you brown as well. 
So every situation, I get it. I get where yeah. where that train of thought comes from. Yeah, that's I can I can literally pinpoint what it was. I would I would have guessed though it's it's, it's probably more school because you think about it in school they say we were slaves. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they they start not, history. Yeah, they start at history that point. Yeah. yeah, they start history at the wrong age. Yeah, and I, when I say wrong age, I mean it's good to know and learn, but you don't give graphic details of what was going on to these brown kids or what was actually happening to their ancestors. Truth, their mind capacity is not equipped to handle that yet. Mm-hmm. That can well, scar them for life and turn them on a different path. Like, well, I'm not I'm not nothing anyway. Look what they teaching me. They teach they taught me. That I come from nothing. Yeah. So guess what? When I go outside, I ain't gonna be nothing. Yeah. So I might as well now, tank, just do crazy things now. Subconsciously. So, so is it? The, so is it the? And here's another question. I mean, is it? Because because it seems obviously being in school, we're learning these anxieties early. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, I think when I was in elementary school, I was the only black kid in my class. So you know, I you gotta adapt and overcome, right? But I guess my question is, do you feel as if is it the school's responsibility to teach to teach our kids about our history or is it no, our responsibility? No, no. Because they teach they teach white history. I mean, mm-hmm. even when I was living in Kentucky, I will never forget when I was in elementary school, we had a Kentucky history book. Really? And it was. Yeah, we had we had yeah, regular well, yeah. history had and then we just had really? Kentucky yeah, had history. history. That yeah. was all you learned was Kentucky history. Wow. And there was no black people in that Kentucky history book. But see, Todd, I, I get what you're saying. It's our responsibility to teach our, teach our kids our history. But they go to school. What? For nine months out of a year. Yeah. What, what are they being taught? They're being taught and lied to that Christopher Columbus was a hero. Yeah. Tomorrow is Columbus Day. How does a how does a thief have a, his own national holiday? Yeah. How do you discover something where people are already here, and you take it from them? That's real. So they're being taught that. No, celebrate him. He 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 gave you America. Yeah. Or or let's let's talk about the Fourth of July. They signed a bill to do what? <laughs> do what? Fourth of July. What is that all about? What about the, what, the fourth saying, of the yeah, fourth of July, like Independence Day? Yeah, Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Were we independent on July? Was it July fourth, seventeen seventy six? Yeah. Were your people independent then? No, not in seventeen seventy six. Okay. Even but not in eighteen seventy six. Celebrate that Thanksgiving was disguised as a feast. Yeah. They have their own. These holidays are are built so. I understand it's our responsibility to teach our kids our history, but at the same time, they're more at school than they are with us. So they're going to pick up more there than they will at home. Because, I mean, yeah, they're going to pick up more social stuff, but they don't have, I mean, think about it. If your kid. Hey, let's let's see if we can find a, a social studies book or a history book in school. Let's, let's get one. And, and let's look through it and see how much positive it has to say about us. Uh, well, no, I can already tell, tell you what it's going to have. It's going to have Martin Luther King. It's going to have uh, uh, Soldier of Truth, Harriet Tubman, and Frederick Douglass. When they go back to those people, they remind you that they were also slaves or came from slaves. Yeah. So don't get it twisted. They did good things, but guess what? They were still slaves. They were still slaves. So it's a train of thought that they're teaching that gives you this anxiety. I get that. I get that. But what I'm saying... 
I think that it's our responsibility. It's always our responsibility. Because, because Jewish people do it for their children. They teach their children their whole history. Jewish people also have their own schools. Right. But I'm saying. And, I, they and te- their they, curriculum is totally different. <laughs> I understand that. But the point I'm trying to make is they teach them at home. So them cats know about their history. And they won't let you talk about bad about their stuff. They're like, hold on, hold on. You you disrespecting my people. We don't do that. No, we don't. We, we go to school, right? And we're sitting in class and we're looking and, oh, yep, started from slavery. We're reading that the book Huckleberry Finn and we get to the part nigga, 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 right? And we letting the teacher, the white teacher say it and ain't no ain't no black kid. Now, I did see a video on you on uh, Instagram where a black kid got up and, and yeah, dog cussed the teacher. Told him about himself. Yeah, but you don't, that's, that what doesn't happen that, all across the, the country. What did that kid get? Well, he walked out, the, I know he walked out the room. I don't know what happened to him. I can him. guarantee you he was suspended from school. Ah, he probably wasn't. He probably wasn't. Shh. We need to look that up. He probably wasn't. But I'm just saying the the point I'm making is we for so and and to your point, it's like we've we've devalued ourselves for so long, it's like we don't even care anymore because we're mm-hmm. numb to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whereas our our Jewish counterparts who had who evolved I mean, and obviously they didn't have to go through what we went through, but they did have the Holocaust, right? But they won't let you go back to, they won't let you, A, damage their history. They won't let you talk bad about their history. And they know their history. Now, I can't tell you, I mean, I, there, and let me go back. I know there are some children that could tell, tell me about black history, but they would tell me about mainstream black history. Mm-hmm. They couldn't tell me about, um, they couldn't tell me about the Black Panthers. They, they tell me, they probably tell me just because what they learned from school, that the Black Panthers were like a radical group and was trying to, to mm-hmm. overthrow the U.S. government. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's put a, different. Put them in the same put them in the same category with Al Qaeda, you know. Right, that's what I'm saying. So obviously history is taught by the person who won. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, then, then that's very true. So I'm I'm gonna throw a little bit of a different spin at y'all real quick. I think we just been hit with a different <laughs> spin real quick. <laughs> but check this out. So when we talk about systemic oppression, that means there's a legitimate system in place. Like Correct. you said earlier, there's a machine mm-hmm. that's working. Mm-hmm. Well-oiled machine. Correct. One of the main problems that I saw in my neighborhood, once I got old enough to recognize what, what the traps were, the main problems that I saw was specifically just talking about for Joel, I didn't have any goals. I didn't have any plan. Only thing I was hoping was basketball would do something for me. Right. So because I didn't have any goals, any plans, if if I didn't go the route I went, I would have never got to the place where I am today. So let's just say I stayed in Michigan. You know what I would have been doing? Either working in the plant. I would say you had the car plant. Yeah. I would have been working in somebody's plant my entire life. So what that means is. Nothing wrong working at plants, people. Nothing wrong with doing what you got to do. But I'm saying if if there's more potentially out there for you, you may never know. Go get it. Go get what's out there. You never know. And. We are so busy struggling trying to find something, speaking to my folks back home in Inkster, trying to find something to do, trying right. to find something. Everybody's got to hustle. Everybody got a little something that they're doing because the the careers aren't really careers. It's a quick stop to the next stop. Right. So when your main goal in life is trying to find that next dollar, how am I going to get this next dollar? How much time can you really put into Connecting with your kids, 
to yeah. their history. Well, I tie that yeah. back. And in. and we have anxiety just talking about this right now. Yeah. Like I ha- I have real life anxiety right now talking about this. Well, I tie that into trying to trying to catch up with that generational wealth, that that gap. Like we're so far behind that we don't have the time to sit down and teach our kids. Absolutely. What we need to teach them yeah. to be successful in life or just to know who you actually are. Because mm-hmm. we're trying to catch up to a place because most people that I talk to or most people that I've come across with the same complexion me have it, have had a taste of a little success in life. So they know what they feel. So they don't want to revert back mm-hmm. to not having that success. So they want to keep, they want to go, go, go. And Pay try the chase. To, correct. Nothing wrong with that because I find myself doing it sometimes and I'd be like, whoa, slow down a little bit, breathe, try to get some sleep, son. Right. I, and the, the gap is so far and it, it's, I, I'm not blaming, well, kind of hard not to. I mean, it's what, 400 years? Yeah. Give or take. 16, 19, yeah, give 400 a, years in August. Give a couple. Was August. Give or take some years. Plus or minus. We're trying <laughs> to catch up so much. We're far behind. We're trying to catch up so much that we're sacrificing realistic things for monetary things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And who can actually fault someone for doing that when you want to build generational wealth for your kids so 400 years later that your 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 name is still going around of things you did now helping your people come up to a place that that we, we, we're not at right now. Right. Like, a lot of people are mad at Jay-Z for partnering with people, doing what he's doing. But he's this guy came from the projects. And he, 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 tried to do, he he's trying to do so much and leave a legacy for his family. You can't really fault him for things that he's doing now. No, I can't. And I don't think that it's the the responsibility of a celebrity to help me get where hold I on, need to hold go. On, hold on, Ty. Hold on, hold on, Ty. Joe made a face. I got to get what's on his mind now. Hold oh, on. go ahead. Come, come go on, ahead. Joe. Come on. Give I, it to I, him. I like what you're saying. So come back to that. Oh, yeah. Because I want no, you to finish no that because I agree. You know what's interesting? Here's my challenge with us. Okay. I love when we can create legacy. I love when we can do things like you said, where when people read about us or they are tombstone or whatever it is after we're gone, people can say your name still buzzing. That's beautiful. But you know what my problem is? When your goals do not exceed your four walls. Mm -hmm. And I don't know Jay-Z personally, Mm -hmm. but I would be hard pressed. It would be a very tough sell for me to say that what he's doing is about his people Versus his household. And that's my challenge. So so even when he made that deal, I, I was like, you know, don't say this is a political movement. Say this is an investment opportunity. Yeah, it's a I would have respected that yeah. way more. Yeah, don't don't try to sell me something. Don't tie in the, yeah. tie into something to yeah. make it look like. That was my challenge. It's nothing wrong with you doing what you want to do. Yeah. That's a business deal. That's yeah. a business move. You have to, I mean, you have to provide for your family. Yeah. That's, but, that's the goal. But. My my request would be to all of my people of color who have, like you said, have tasted a little bit of success, were able to find their way out of the situation they started in. Mm-hmm. Don't make the rest of your paper chase be about your four walls. That's it. The rest of your what you're trying to accomplish has to be about 
the entirety of the culture. If it's not about the entirety of the culture, then what are you really doing? Because once you leave, and let's say something bad happens to all of your family at once, what was it all for? Gotcha. I get that. So jump right. in, jump back I, to what you're saying. All I was saying is that I don't think that it's a celebrity's job to, to you know, fight for me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's not Jay-Z's job to, to get my justice. It's my job to get my justice, right? Because Jay-Z, again, he's going he's doing what he needs to do for his family. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, I think that his people may come into it a little bit, but for the most part, he thinking about his family. Absolutely. Just as any any as person. Any would man do. would, yeah. So I, like I, all I'm saying is that it's not any celebrity's job to fight for me. Now, I think that a lot of people use social media and connect with these celebrities to help them fight and that's a good thing right mm-hmm. i mean we've seen that with with kim kardashian and <laughs> I, I don't really <laughs> like her but she's done she's got some got some some things moving she's got a platform so, yeah okay so Joe. i'm cool with that but like at, at the end of the day i gotta i gotta fight i'm here in this city i'm mm-hmm. here in nashville yeah. and i gotta i gotta do what's right for me so yeah. Joe, I can't wait for them to what to me, do for me. Let me let me let me, get, let me oppose this question to you. Sure. Let's take names out of it all. Let's take names out of it. Okay. If you read a story about a guy from the projects mm-hmm. and before he hit fifty, he made a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And he looks just like you. Mm-hmm. Would that motivate you? I would want to know what he did and how he did it. Yeah. But that would motivate you to that, that would tell you you can do it. It would well, it would motivate me to want to know. I would want to learn, learn what he did. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So why does what why why is that not enough for an individual to take that and say that's more that more that's more positive for the culture because uh, again it's not a, another individual to take care of another individual. Yeah. Like I wouldn't expect you or or Todd to take care of me in my household. That's just that's just me. But see, Frank Lucas but, was making a million dollars a day. And look what Frank Lewis was doing. Right. Frank Lewis was tearing down his own people. Right. So so, but what, so you saying I, I'm confused. Are you saying are we are we talking about somebody who's building up the people making this money versus people who aren't? No, 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 yeah, I'm that's confused. What I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like okay. let's say an individual from the projects did it the right way, not illegally, made a billion dollars. Okay. That will give you the motivation to find out what he did, how he did it, and see if there's any space and opportunity in that in that field for you. Correct? I would definitely. I yeah, would definitely. I mean, I definitely want to inquire how do you do this, so right? That's so isn't that doing something for your people outside of your four walls? Yeah. So let me let me let me because you made a comment earlier I want to jump back to. Okay. I disagree with you. I think it's one hundred percent my responsibility to take care of you. And when I say that, obviously, as a man, there mm-hmm. are things that you need to do as a man. Correct. Let's jump back to Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was that's a, a different. That's a different person. You it is. It is absolutely. Like, I'm just. I'm talking about the not the gotcha. actual yeah, yeah, action, yeah, but yeah, just yeah, the yeah. thought process. Got gotcha. you. When he went to jail, mm-hmm. what did Jim Brown and some of those other brothers that were around him? What did they do? Um, went to jail, try to get him to to conform a little bit. But they were taking care of him. Oh, yeah, no doubt about so it. So when he decided, I'm not going to fight in this war, he went to jail, which means that now he's not fighting anymore. He's not bringing any money, and he can't support his family. Joe Frazier Joe Frazier, Joe Frazier paid a lot of Muhammad Ali stuff when he couldn't box. So think Correct. about this for a second. I think, wasn't Joe Frazier in his will or something? Muhammad Ali's will or something? I don't know that. 
I don't, I don't know. know Cause Joe Frazier died Before Muhammad Ali did Okay So maybe I Maybe I thought I read that somewhere Yeah I mean it could be possible I don't know yeah. but, but all I'm saying is I'm not I'm not discrediting What Jay Z has It's the same thing like Obama I'm not a A, a fan of Obama But I can mm. recognize What he did there are things that I take away from what he was able to do for our culture that I appreciate. Now, but now, hold on, that's hold on, another hold on, topic. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. We can't. That's, that's one we can't just. Can't, can't go over that? Okay. Yeah. yeah, this one gets me in trouble all the time. No, you're not going to get in trouble because, again, your opinion is your opinion. Right, right, right. My, why should I get mad at you for having an opinion? You're a yeah, man. Right. You're entitled to that. Absolutely. I'm not going to treat you differently. I'm just, okay, we don't agree on Obama. Life yeah. goes on. Yeah. Why wouldn't you a fan? So there are a couple of things that happened. Okay. Number one, uh, and this is this first thing is not his fault. So this is something I'm not saying I hold against him, but it's okay. a very unfortunate circumstance with him becoming the president. Man, I think what people fail to realize is, yeah, you had that seat in the office, but it's only so much you can do. And I'm not even going to go there. Well, I'm okay, going go, to go, say go. what go. happens when you get a black man in the office. Mm -hmm. And let's be let's be fair. Let's call him what he is, a biracial man in the Correct. office. Because they, they never say you, that. They were never going to let you be 100% black, man. Boy. You're nev you would never, ever, unless it happens like recently, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll be 50-50 somewhere. And even, even then, they still won't. They call him a, the first black president. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't. They don't say biracial. One yeah. drop rule. One drop. Yeah. <laughs> so let me fast forwarding now. Okay. What he did is he gave license to white folks to say that the country is equal. Everything is fine. Your president was black. That's not an Obama thing, but that's a result of him being there. Was hold on, hold on. Was that more of us giving those licenses to the white people because we put him in there? We we did record numbers that we have never done before yeah, yeah. to get a guy that even looks like. See, that's how bad the country was mm -hmm. and still is. We we turned a blind eye to everything just so we could say we, we have a black man in the White House. And I that's and I'm I will go to I will go as far as saying that to say that it ain't even they probably we wouldn't even acknowledge him as a biracial man in the White House. A lot of people didn't. I, I made sure I did. You, uh, 90, you were probably like 5%. <laughs> of the very small percent. You're absolutely right. 95% would tell you, man, that was a black man in the White House. So here, here's another reason. And, and I'm not going to belabor this point, but I'll just throw this one at you. My top reason for being disappointed in Obama was how hard he wrote. And, and Ty gets on me all the time about this because he says, Obama says, hey, you want me to do something? Come tell me to do it and I'll do it. One of my biggest challenges is the support that he gave to the LGBT community. Oh, that's everybody's. And it should be because it's legit. And I say it's legit because Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, I'm going to call him Bruce Jenner because that's who he is. Bruce Jenner. I'm going to call you Bruce. I'm going to call you Bruce. Exactly. On your birth certificate, it says Bruce. Man I don't of, know anything else. Man of, or Woman of the Year is what one of the awards he received through this transition process. Yeah, I get it. You know who was a big time supporter? Obama. Got on national television talking. And I don't really care so much about the support, but I never saw him go out of his way like that when it came to us. And the one time he came close, he had to apologize. And that's a story I told on this podcast about Henry Louis Gates, who had to break into his own home because he locked himself on an accident. Mm -hmm. It was one of Obama's... Uh, 
I, I call him a friend, but uh, they may just be associates. They went to Harvard together. Gotcha. He called the police officers. He didn't call them. He said they acted stupidly the way they responded because they put the man in, in the police car. Mm-hmm. And later on, he had to apologize, have him over to the White House for beers and all this other stuff. So he was very apologetic the one time he made a stand for something that was unjust for us. But then when it comes to these other issues, he goes hard. And that, so, that was a challenge for me. Okay, well, so Todd. I'm yes, not sir. Todd. Joe, I'm sorry. I'm, it's, it's, uh, the look, Jack. it's the Jack. I'm sorry. You got, you got about one minute to rebuttal here because we're running out of time. Oh, man. Uh, to be continued. Uh, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. This, put three dots on this one. <laughs> but, Joe, now let's, let's, let's go realistically. Do you think the person that sits in the Oval Office actually runs the country? Nope. No, I don't. So, if he, if they gave if they li- allowed him to be the face, don't you think they told him, uh, "You can do this, this, and this, but you better not ever do this, this, and this." Now I'm ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What does that really say about him accepting that role? So, I get it, but does that but does him accepting that role give hope to the ki- to kids? Christianity gives hope. Correct. And I'm gonna cut both of y'all off. So, I, we had a good discussion there, but we're gonna have to cut that off, and we'll have to we'll we'll come back to that, that another part, day. Part two coming soon. Yeah, we'll Three have dots. to come back to that another day, and we may be able to talk about that next. We may be able to continue that. But we're running out of time, so what's on your mind? The continuation of what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, family, friends, my people, please, 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 whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in life, make sure that it exceeds your four walls. You want to see us be successful? Let it go outside of your house, too. Pick your people up. Pick, up. Pick your people up. Let's Pick them up. Rock with them. blank period. Don't be scared of the individual that looks like you. Talk to him. He might just be having a bad day. Mm-hmm. His facial expression should not scare you. Especially because, like, the face Todd just made, that would probably scare some people. But <laughs> That's the shut up. Yeah. Be done. <laughs> Quit talking, dog. Nah, uh, dang. Well, again, this is Blackout Therapy. If there's anything out there or any topic or anything you want us to talk about or anything that's been on your mind that you want to hear us speak on, you can email us at bgtcast at gmail.com that's um, bgt black guy therapy cast c-a-s-t at gmail.com um well we run out of time i ain't got nothing else to say i guess in that and as the music fades us out um, i guess we out of here so we out peace